to the Skeptic Wire. La la la, I'm recording la la la. Sorry. No, no, I was just <laughs> trying to figure out how, how much of Beethoven's Fifth you knew. Pretty damn good. Concerning most people just get the da 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 dum. Maybe a da 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 dum. But beyond that, they're like, it's like only knowing the, the da dum. Yeah. And then. Well. Honestly, you can thank Saturday Morning Cartoons. Okay. Because it was pretty big with Bugs Bunny. Oh, yeah. The, they were good with classical stuff. I know. I like that. Yeah. Hello! I guess we're not starting yet. <laughs> not yet. I wanted to see if the audio from the... Uh, um, la, 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 las. From the computers coming through. That... I can hear that. It's a little spiky. But that's because it's in iTunes. Abigail Washburn and the Sparrow Quartet. I have to say my new obsession in music is um, the singer Hoser. He did the song. You're going to have to do a lot more explanation because that sounds more like an insult than a no, singer. No, it's this guy. His name is spelled H-O-Z-I-E-R. Okay. Um, and he was... So he sells pantyhose. Yes. Um, he was actually on the Grammys this past week, whatever it was, um, with doing his song with Annie Lennox. And he does the song called Take Me to Church, which is kind of, it sounds very gospel-y, but it's, it kind of slaps the church around a little bit. <laughs> and he actually came out and said that he wrote it because of the problems that he had with his Catholic upbringing. I was like, no wonder I like this song so much. <laughs> there you go. But uh, I saw the Grammys with, her, with Annie Lennox and him, and I was like, I like that song. And my daughter goes, I've been trying to get you to listen to this for six months. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So but it got I'm the old. 80s pop star seal of approval and now yes. you're willing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Annie. Come on. <laughs> she is awesome. So, hello. Hello. I'm just going to keep all of that. Fuck it. Don't clap. We're just going to keep recording. I don't care. Okay. Well, I don't remember what episode this is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of why I was asking because... Improv. Improv. It's episode 185. Episode 185 on the 15th of February, National 50% Off of Chocolate Day. <laughs> Ta-da! And I am Donna Swafford, your host for The Skeptic Wire tonight. And with me is Greg Prime. Hello. Unfortunately, Gary is still lost in Das Hinterlands. <laughs> Um, we get an occasional text from him. Um, I think he's technically still in Texas. Yes. Yeah. Okay. He's, but he's way out there in West Texas. Yeah. Like way out there, like tumbleweeds rolling down the plains sort of places. So kind of out of the West Texas town of El Paso. Yeah. yeah. I don't I, think he's fallen in love with a Mexican girl, but we haven't never, got that many he, updates. Yeah. You never know. He might be, or he might just be <laughs> temporarily in love with one. 
okay, we're just going to leave that be on its own. Uh, that Gary had tweeted at some point that you know he was stuck in this place. I think it was called Midland, yes. Texas, with nothing to do whatsoever, and and kind of did a quasi. Hey, this would be a great topic for the song challenge. Well, so we'll I s- can tell you that I've actually had my own experience in Midland, Texas, which ended with me in a police station. A police station or a PlayStation? In a police station. Okay. And FYI, I was not arrested. I want this duly noted. <laughs> we were out filming and this guy decided to avoid the police in a rather dramatic way and a bunch kinda of... Kind po- of OJ Bronco chase way-ish? Um, yeah, kind of. Okay. So he ends up crashing his truck right near our site where we're filming and he gets out and there's a bunch of people with dogs and da 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 and this one guy goes, stop or I release the dog, stop or I release the dog, stop or I release the dog. And then you just see him throw his hands up. So all I did is I tell my camera guys to just pan that way. And we filmed the whole thing. <laughs> you know, we were like, okay, well, this is kind of interesting. You never know. And so they literally filmed it from the crash through them putting him on an ambulance because the dog dislocated his shoulder. The dog got to him. Okay. Yes. He also... Injured several police officers at the same time because apparently he was hyped up on some sort of non-prescription medication. He was on the marijuanas. No, I think it was something <laughs> a little stronger than the marijuanas. So we filmed all of this and finally a cop sees us and comes walking over and he goes, just how much of that did you get? And we said, um... From the crash till about 30 seconds ago. And he goes, you're my new best friend. <laughs> so we went in. We documented what we filmed. We signed off on it, made copies for him and everything mm-hmm. else. And the guy got, you know, re- I mean, undeniably resisting arrest. Okay. Undeniably, you know, assault on an officer. All of it. So it was kind of fun. Yeah. But like I said, I ended up in the Midland Police Station for about eight hours. Oh, dear. But they were very nice. And they bought me pizza. So if Gary is bored, he should go out looking for criminals vigilante style and just videotape them? Yes. And then he'll have something to do in Midland. Because, yeah, that's pretty much all you can do. Okay. (laughs) So how has your time off been? Um, just the average week at work and stuff. And actually, because of that kind of song challenge idea that Gary have, I, I've got kind of working set of lyrics for song about being stuck in Midland. So oh, maybe that'll become something I'll, I'll put up on the show in a month or so once I, cause you know, like you write the lyrics, you want to put them aside, then come back to them later to say, all right, that sucks. I need to change that verse entirely. Or that kind of stuff. Plus, I I am the process where I write my lyrics first, then I think of music to go along with it. So think, that's another whole half of it. I think Gary's the opposite. Yeah. I think he does the music first, and then... I've never fully understood that, from my point of view, of... I, I, I think of the the music should follow what the words say, because I'm a, I'm a fan of Bruce Hornsby. Love Bruce Hornsby? Mm. And there's a lot of his songs that are about, like, oh, I don't know, like... Poor people? <laughs> poor people, or, like, the KKK going after, like, a mixed-race couple or something and burning a cross in the, in the middle of the night. But it's got this kind of upbeat, there's a fire on the floss. It, it, you know, it's, yeah. it's really kind of... It doesn't seem to meld with the... So, for me, I need to find out what is the tone of the lyrics that I've written, and then what can I do with that? You know... I'll, it, it it just seems odd to me, but I guess you can get an inspiration of a feeling of a song from like a groove 
and then try to write to that, I guess. But I've never been able to do that. Well, it's also like when you take certain famous songs and you kind of change the style in which they're done. Like mm-hmm. um, there was the Zydeco version of Sweet Child of Mine. Yeah. Amazing. I might actually consider it better than the original. And I love the original. Yep. And damn you, Cheryl Crow, for trying to ruin it. Damn you. Just that was bad. That's just well, one of the one of my favorite things, just being like a music nerd, is hearing minor key versions of major key songs. Oh. It changes the tone entirely because minor key is considered to be like sad and depressing key. But that's kind of uh, goes back to my my idea of like if I write a sad and depressing song, I'm probably going to put it in a minor key. So it's more so sad. It, and so depressing. it gets that tone or whatever. But anyway, enough about my process. You, you hear all sorts of interviews with musicians or comedians or whatever, and the it's the bad interviews that start with, "So what's your process?" Or it's yeah, it's like, like I always ask. It's like someone asking an actor, like, "Oh, did you guys do pranks on the set of the film, or what was it like to work with George Clooney?" It's like, yeah, it, yeah. But we've got so much more to talk, talk about, about this week. Yes, we do. Yet again, we will probably go two episodes long, uh, A and B kind of thing. But hey, that gives you guys more content to our new bi-weekly or bi-monthly. No, bi do weekly or. Oh, God, this gives me a headache An every time. An episode every two weeks. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> it gives you guys more content for our melodious voices. Yes. Um, but um, before we get into kind of the content, last week you did mention to the listeners, I want to make sure that they get at least some update of you've been going through some health issues. Yes. And um, I'll leave it up to you to fill in whatever blanks you so, want. So, like I said, I, I went to the doctor for one thing, found out that I had more things wrong with me than I realized, which is always so much fun. I now have so many ists looking at me. All oncologist, uh, cardiologist. Uh, Gastroenterologist. Okay, yeah. So Phlebotomist. I, yes. I have a lot of phlebotomists. They seem to love me. And I, I'm really, <laughs> apparently I have very good veins and they go, that one right there. And I'm like. I knew you were going to pick that one out. So my gastroenterologist and I had an appointment last week and she ran a bunch of blood tests. And it turns out that I have celiac disease, which real is, honest to goodness, actual celiacs, real honest to goodness. Not this. I'm gluten sensitive. <laughs> no, this was blood tests and they are doing more tests to confirm it up. But mm-hmm. she said, two blood tests that she ran she goes one says you're most likely the second one when you test positive it says you're extremely likely so she goes i want you to start on this even though we don't have the Mm -hmm. definitive answer she goes i would stake my professional relationship on this to say the odds are yes yeah so let me tell you that was thursday this sucks anybody who purposely chooses to eat (laughs) gluten-free is insane because I cannot tell you how much shit has gluten in it. Yep. So, like, I went through my refrigerator. <laughs> my soy sauce. Oh, yeah. Has gluten in it. My mayonnaise. Yes. Has gluten in it. You know, the common things, you know, breads, crackers, all of that, just all gluten. And let me tell you, to get it gluten-free is fucking expensive. Yep. There is a reason why they call Whole Foods Whole Paycheck. Yes. Last night uh, on Valentine's Day, I did not go out on a date. I invited friends over to play board games. And what we do when we do board games is we order pizza 
And we had a newbie come by last night who uh, said, well, um, basically, can I get a gluten-free pizza? And it's like, okay, fine. And we, I go through the, the menu for the, um, how do I phrase this? The hovel-based pizza store Okay. that um, is not based on a uh, rectangle piece game and is also not a father of someone named John. Okay. Anyway, uh, so we order from this pizza hovel and um, they have a gluten-free option. Fine. It's all in good for people who actually have celiacs. And um, what came for 10 bucks was a small size pizza with one topping. The other pizzas we got were larges for eight bucks and two toppings. Mm-hmm. So just that little anecdote is is just a microcosm of the shit you're going to have to go through. Yeah, it's it's been very interesting. But on the other hand, some of my other issues that I have, because like I've had a skin condition for years that they've just said, oh, it's eczema, oh, it's eczema here, okay. treat it, treat it, treat it, is already starting to clear up hmm. in yeah. four days. So that I'm really happy about. You know, that's really nice. Yeah. This is so hard. <laughs> oh, why would anybody choose to do this? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I because there's gluten in everything. <laughs> That's the only. I mean, that is the only thing I can say is gluten is everywhere. Even if you just take the evidence that if you play one of those farm-based apps on your phone, like uh, Farmville or Heyday or something like that. And you're producing stuff to sell in your market stand. Almost everything includes the wheat that you have to grow. Yeah. So, you know, gluten-free heyday or farm pill would just suck. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's kind of an update on my on my health issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I still got more appointments. It's so much fun. Right. Because I get to have a colonoscopy and an endoscopy, and then I get to swallow a camera to get the bits between. Make sure they don't use the same camera for both. I'm pretty sure that I'm <laughs> going to be knocked out and not really caring. Apparently, what my gastroenterologist said was, I give you the drugs and you don't remember a thing. And I'm all like, <laughs> I like that because this has me a little concerned. Now, in any other context, that might sound really rapey, but... <laughs> I'm going into this yes. with a... How do I want to phrase this? Um, a preconceived agreement with the doctor? This is all consensual. <laughs> yes, yeah. it is a consensual. This is not Fifty Shades of Grey medicine. <laughs> See, we're all topical. Yes. Yeah. But one thing that I wanted to talk about is I recently saw an article somebody sent to me from the Health Freedom Alliance. So is this something someone sent to you because of they know kind of the issues you're going through? They know some of it. Okay. They know some of it. Uh, And I would say that in several years of knowing you, when I see you post a article, not just to our podcast kind of, oh, this might be something interesting to talk about on the show, but also your personal personal page, page. (laughs) I know this has gotten you seriously in a huff. So I expect that we will talk about it the next week. So, so what did Health Freedom Alliance say? They said how to stop a heart attack in just one minute. And basically their answer is... 911? No. Nope. <laughs> Take cayenne pepper. Apparently it is... It 
can stop a heart attack. Um, <laughs> you put a teaspoon in hot water and you drink it, and apparently within minutes you're up and around. Yeah, it, 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 it the interesting part is the the article starts off talking about these wonderful healers, doctors, yes. John? John Christopher N.D. and Richard Saltz N.D. and that's naturopathic doctors, doctors, also known as not a doctor. Sure. And yeah, the the John Christopher basically said in 35 years of his practice, when he's um, let's see, never on a house call has he lost one heart attack patient. If they were still breathing when he came to them <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. on on this house call, he would pour down them a couple of a cup of cayenne tea, which, like you said, is a teaspoon of cayenne pepper and a cup of water. And like you said, within minutes, they would be up and around. Yeah, I let's know. leave aside the whole anecdotes is not proof thing, because that's that's wrote for us by right. now. This is a really stupid paragraph. Right. What I want to know is, how is he going to pour it down them if they're not conscious? They get into that later in the article. Yeah, but, I know. But uh, apparently, the heart attacks that he deals with have enough time for someone to call ahead, make an appointment so he can do a house call. And then he miraculously happens to be there the moment they're having a heart attack. Exactly. Has the time to go to the kitchen. Peruse through the spice rack. Maybe it's an alphabetical order. That well, would be in great. Mind, in mind it would and, be. And, and the problem being there is, do you look under C for cayenne pepper? Or do you look under R for red pepper? Because different brands sell them different ways. I actually have both, and they're under C and R, depending on how they're labeled. Okay. See? There you but go. But I'm also then, CDO. Like, boil so. up a, a, a cup of water um, and, and all that. Yeah, I got the uh, obsessive compulsive disorder joke there. And then, you know, heat up a cup of water in the microwave, mix in the cayenne pepper, and then come back into the living room, presumably, and save someone from a heart attack with a cup of tea. There is that much foresight with his heart attack victims yes, that he can make these house calls. I call shenanigans on just that story alone. Yeah, exactly. I, I just, I saw this, and to me, this is, this is deadly quackery. So, as I yeah. said on my personal Facebook page, I said... You want to ask what's the harm in natural medicine? This is it. To me, this mm -hmm. is the yeah. complete. <laughs> if somebody is having a heart attack, don't make them a cup of tea. Call nine one one. That's because you were not only dealing with chest pain and angina, you were also dealing with clogged arteries in somebody's heart and heart muscle dying. Yeah, they need, at the very least, give them some aspirin. That works. Yeah. That might give you enough time to get to the hospital. <laughs> but it's a heart attack. There's a reason why they call it an attack. Yeah. And it's on your heart, which is a major portion of, like, living. <laughs> it's not like your spleen that you can live without. Yeah. So what the alt-med believers are really trying to say about cayenne pepper is mainly that supposedly it's a vasodilator. So essentially the blood vessels dilate and get a little bigger. So your drug blood pressure goes down. So right. it's easier for blood to get maybe around clots or just circulate through it, the body, that right. sort of thing. Except if, if the blood cells are expanding, that's the direct opposite of what aspirin does because it thins your blood right. to get past the clot. So what standard doctors would do on like 
a heart attack victim, just as, as kind of triage stuff, is aspirin to inhibit platelets bonding and, and clotting, essentially. Yeah, essentially making a bigger clog. Less likely to clog. Yes, exactly. Uh, give some oxygen so that they have more oxygen going around the body because the heart and brain is all oxygen starved. So the more you have of it, the better. And they use nitroglycerin, which, which is, is actually a vasodilator. But it's it's in conjunction with. Yeah, this a, is all a, like, okay, triage, then let's get to the hospital, give them an angioplasty, do a bypass, and then kind of deal with, okay, we have to deal with your dietary issues or you've got genetics for high cholesterol or whatever. Let's deal with that. This guy, Dr. Christopher, not a doctor, all he's talking about is give you some hot pepper tea and you'll be fine. Right. There's no discussion in here about follow up with an actual doctor or do anything else besides just this herbal remedy, which in and of itself is dangerous and probably not worky. In addition, he also goes on to recommend that if the person is unconscious, you put cayenne tincture under the tongue. Right. So you put a couple of dropper full. If the person is unconscious from the heart attack, you need a defibrillator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. don't need some pepper. Well, the, the interesting thing is I was looking around to see either what other skeptics or WebMD or just what the other altmeters said about cayenne pepper. Mm -hmm. And I found a, a couple things. One of them was on a website called medcapsules.com by James Sloan, and it's an article about how essentially, well, the cayenne pepper thing, if someone's on uh, Coumadin, which is a blood thinner, mm -hmm. what could be the issues? Now, this is someone from coming seemingly from the point of view of Altmed itself, and from his point of view, cayenne pepper itself could be also kind of a blood thinner, not just a vasodilator, so taking a blood thinner while someone is already on a blood thinner, like a medication like Coumadin, yeah. that could be really bad because if someone is clutching their chest, you don't know if they have a blockage heart attack or a, a blood vessel just exploded heart attack. Right. And if you're giving them more blood thinners or they had an aneurysm or a stroke or something. Yeah, an aortic aneurysm. Yeah. You're just making that problem You're making more. it a lot worse. So even this is someone coming from the point of view of an alt-meter... Not a very heavy altmeter because he's warning against this kind of thing. He thinks that there is some indication for cayenne pepper, which that's a whole another conversation of if there's any proof of this, that cayenne pepper actually does anything. Combining that kind of thing with other medications or not knowing what is really going on and just blindly giving someone a quote unquote medication, whether it's cayenne pepper or an actual medication, that's bad medicine. Yeah. That's bad advice. So you find someone unconscious, as this Dr. Christopher supposedly does on his house calls, and just says, cayenne pepper, that'll solve it? That's dangerous. Yeah. Now, with that being said, capsaicin does have a history of having some, and I'm going to use this woo term and I hate it, healing properties. <laughs> it is great for, like, strained muscles. Okay. That's some of the stuff that's in, like, the I've, I've, icy hot. Or yeah, I've heard a, a paste is good for, for pain relief, like, if you have, a, a, a like, a, an acute injury, as right. well as, as muscles like that. And I've also heard that a, a capsaicin kind of paste can be good for 
the treatment of minor cuts and abrasions, because if you're applying this kind of cayenne pepper paste, whatever, to minor cuts and abrasions, it seems like it can help with the clotting. But in further research, it seemed to be that's nothing to do with cayenne pepper and its capsaicin content, just the, the clotting of a minor cut or abrasion. It's the fact that it is cellulose-based, which is like plant-based stuff. Yeah. So it gives something for the blood clotting agents to bind onto and form a clot easier. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, having a Band-Aid there, so it's so it, it's kind of binding the, the area to to help um, the blood catch onto something. Right. Well... So I, it, even... And that may be where the alt-matters got the idea of... Well, if you take cayenne pepper internally, it'll help with your circulation issues right. or something like well, that. Well, the University of Maryland Medical Center actually says it's it's great for pain relief, osteoarthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, pain from shingles, other skin conditions, mm -hmm. um, pain after surgery, specifically mastectomy or an amputation, lower back pain. So this is great. Survive. Keep in mind that uh, I saw I saw the same exact website you did. It's it's University of Mar uh, Maryland Medical Medical Center, Center uh, slash something slash alt med. Right. So it is their alt med, med. office. Right. So take that with but a grain of salt. This is what I like. Not that the grain of salt is going to do anything to cure you, but take it with a grain of right. salt. What I like is on one of theirs it says one well designed study found that capsaicin may help treat heartburn. Caveat here. But more research is needed. Yep. You know, so it's not like we're, I don't want to say this, we're not completely anti-alternative medicine. But when alternative medicine has been proven to work, they just call it medicine. Hospitals would start using it because red pepper, cayenne pepper would is be- Is cheap. A, is cheap. Yes, exactly. And and all this comes from early, I, I, like you said, for like pain relief or even- if it might have issues with heartburn or any sort of clotting, either blood thinner or vasodilator, anything like that, most of that, anything I've seen are preliminary studies, like mouse-based yeah. studies or anything like right. that, that all of them usually say, this needs more research. I would not recommend doing anything like this. There was apparently a 2009 article in the Circulation Journal, this Dr. Keith Jones did, studies with capsaicin paste, not necessarily red pepper, but condensed like capsaicin. Yeah. That's the thing that makes red pepper hot. And he put it just on the skin of mice and saw reduction in the number of dead heart cells and also basically kind of pathways to the heart and stuff like that. But it was all kind of preliminary stuff, not strong references, not the kind of thing that if you saw someone clutching the left side of their chest saying, I think I'm having a heart attack. Not enough proof to say, you know what? I'm not going to call 911. I'm going to go into the fucking kitchen and fix you tea. Yeah, exactly. But once again, like I said, um, I actually posted this on my personal website. I've already been called a big pharma shill for it, oh. which I, I'm waiting for my check. You know, <laughs> if I am a big pharma shill, Merck and all of those GlaxoSmithKline, they owe me some money. Okay, that's... That's all I'm saying. Well, you could just respond back that they're a big McCormick's shill. Yeah, exactly. Because they're the they're the spicy company in, in, in that. They have a whole aisle to themselves in the grocery store, for fuck's sake. Yeah, and guess what? <laughs> Most of those products contain wheat. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I have a sense that we're going to get a new rant from you for a little while. When, yeah. The it's, the only good thing about the the gluten freers and their big kind of ah, gluten ah, is that it has made it easier for the people who really honest to goodness actually have yeah. gluten issues. Right. Whether it's there mild are, to like right. full on anaphylactic kind of crap. There are m- more options for people like me. Yeah. Which is great and it's wonderful because I actually, I spent five bucks on a thing of crackers, which still just fucking chaps my ass, but they're not, they're not cardboardy. They actually have flavor. Yeah. If they can work on it and, and kind of do substitution of other kind of binding agents to make it chewy and flavorful. It might work. Unfortunately, it's just pricey and more rare because it's easier to use the wheat. Exactly. But I would recommend that you, I understand this is a stressful time for you because of the medical issues, but also because of the new gluten issue. I would suggest you just take time to to sit, take a deep breath, relax, and possibly meditate. (laughs) Meditate for possibly 200 years? No, no, because we have to do another show in a couple weeks. Ah, okay. Well, that is a reference to a Mongolian scientist have discovered a 200-year-old mummified monk who is still alive. Hmm. Uh, um, uh, why? Why would they believe that this monk is still alive? Apparently, he's in a deep meditative trance, and some Buddhists believe he is still alive. The body of the monk was sitting cross-legged in the lotus position and was discovered in late January, covered in cattle skin in the Songino Karakan district capital of Ulaanbaatar. Congratulations Um, on doing all that. Yeah. It was in Mongolia somewhere. Yes. That's a nice... So they found this body and the local monks believe that it is one of their brethren and because he is still sitting in the lotus position with his left hand open... And the right hand is symbolizes the preaching of sutra that this is a sign that the Lama is not dead, but is in deep meditation. Despite the fact that he's 200 years old and he's not breathing and his heart isn't beating. And and the corpse is severely desiccated, like his ear has rotted off the whole thing. Yes, but he's I, still alive. I, I have a question. How do they know that a monk didn't die and then they said... Well, he was a really great guy. Let's pose his body when we bury him in this position or, before like rigor mortis sets in or something like that. Yeah, I, it's entirely possible. I mean, you, you rigor mortis starts typically 12 hours after death. So they probably put him in. This is just an assumption. Maybe they put him in that position between death and rigor mortis and just left him there. And mm-hmm. I, I secretly think that there's. You know, that if his companions were still alive, they'd be laughing their asses off at us. Like, look (laughs) at the dumb fucking Buddhists. They don't understand it's a joke. Yeah, well, (laughs) I don't know if it was a joke, but I would assume it was a thing of respect of someone who's, in their eyes, very spiritual, very meditative. So they think in the next world, uh, it's, you know, interesting to pose his body this way. Right. In a similar case, a the body of Dashi Dorzo Elitgilov, a llama in Russia, that's all I'm yeah. going to say. Apparently, his body temperature, even though he was dead, 
would rise and fall during ceremonies. Could just be ambient temperature. temperature. They're lighting a shitload of candles. Maybe it might get warm. Yes. Yeah, this, this was a body found in 2002, was it? Yeah. Of, of some other monk that he told his followers to exhume him in, what, 20, 30 years, something like that. Yeah, something and, like And they that. found that he had not um, decayed as much as people might think, dis despite that, you know, people don't decay as much when you, as it says right here in the article, pack, pack their in body in salt. salt. Yeah. So... Okay, we don't usually pick on Buddhists. We're usually... Why not? They're but silly. But this is stupid. <laughs> He's dead. Yeah. I don't know anybody who's lived to 200. I've known a couple of people who've mm -hmm. seen 100, mm -hmm. 102, 105. You know, but they're usually smokers and drinkers and do everything wrong. <laughs> you know? I, no, I get that. Buddhist monks are the symbol of sort of purity and healthy eating and meditation and this Zen sort of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I don't get it. I, it, 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 it seems to me to be the idea of if someone else could live long because they're meditating, that means what I am doing as this monk who has dedicated my life to this must somehow be working. Therefore, I am not a complete idiot for right. doing this entirely. It, it is a kind of um, mental defense mechanism. Right. But this is my favorite part of the article. Dr. Barry Curzon, a monk and a physician to the Dalai Lama, told so, the website. no conflict of interest there. Right. Said, if a person is able to remain in the state for more than three weeks, which rarely happens... His body gradually shrinks, and in the end, all that remains from the person is his hair, nails, and clothes. Okay. To a certain extent, I will give him parts of this. I think this guy, Barry Curzon, just read Stephen King's The Langoliers too often. Okay. I Do haven't you, you read that. I didn't read the, that one. Long story short, the beginning of the story is you've got these passengers on a plane, and a bunch of them are asleep. And then all of a sudden, uh, the, something happens and they wake up, a few passengers wake up, and all the rest of the passengers are gone, except for their clothes, their jewelry, and, and, and stuff that, like, detritus left behind or something. Like, the bodies just vanished, like, something out of left behind or something. Ah, okay. And, and they're, they, these people who were asleep at this point are caught in this twilight world where they don't know why these other people disappeared and... And such and such and such. So that's the geeky reference of mine for the last five minutes. Okay. <laughs> but obviously, Dr. Barry Curzon. Obviously he is a doctor of naturopathy. Well, doesn't say. Says physician. But... So he's probably not a, like a doctor of, of uh, mechanical engineering. Right. Okay. I've studied how bodies decompose. Mm-hmm. I'm calling official bullshit on him, and I am, <laughs> I'm officially tacking on my PhD at the end of my name to this <laughs> statement. Okay. If a body is in a very dry, sort of windy area, guess what? They're mm -hmm. gonna fucking mummify. It's been proven. Hell, I've done it. <laughs> yeah. So, from your opinion, this situation where this Curzon is talking about someone being in this, quote, meditative state... And they're, they, the body thins and then basically decays away after a few weeks, that sort of thing. That's not a someone 
sits and meditates and slowly but surely starves themselves to death and then decays, it's more like they die and just start thinning away immediately. I can't tell by his statement. He yeah. says, if they're able to remain in this state, which rarely happens, the body gradually shrinks. Okay. Yes. Yeah. If you're not eating for three weeks, your body is going to shrink and you're going to die. But to say that that happens in three weeks, that all that remains is hair, nails, and clothes. No, because we have this thing in our body. It's called bone material. <laughs> it's called osteons. Yeah. And guess what? They don't exactly wither away. If every horror movie has proven something, it's the bones are the last things to go. Exactly. And that's it, why I studied them. It is apparently this tucked deep meditative state that, quote, crosses over between life and death. <laughs> whatever that means. I mean, it could be just, you know, it, people have been known to be in meditative states or... Or, like, or sleep, having an absence seizure. Sleep paralysis or something like that. And have hallucinations so you may have been someone who was meditating for so long that they saw a white light or something and maybe that was like oh i saw my grandparents or whatever who are dead so i crossed over or something so it's probably a mixture of these beliefs of deprivation meditation or or maybe even pharma pharmaceutical meditation or something that is going on with people think they have visions so they think if someone meditates long enough they might survive somewhere between life and death. No. I I don't know, but just, it is I just weird denial that someone whose body was found in this condition, who is dead, deadity, dead, dead, dead. Yeah, not just a little dead. <laughs> Full on dead, dead. 200 de years dead. That the idea that he would be still alive, it, it is the kind of, if you are outside of any sort of religious practice... It just seems silly. What do you mean a talking snake and there was this garden and we're all the all the product of 2,000, 6,000 years of incest? Right, exactly. You know, am, if, <laughs> or this is what I love is local media said that a 45-year-old man had been arrested because the monk's body had been stolen from a cave with the intention of selling it off. If he was alive, wouldn't he have said, hey, stop trying to sell me, dude. <laughs> I'm not a slave. You know, he would have said... Yeah. Something. Okay. So with you, it's more of the you. You know, someone would. You know, he would have grabbed the body and it would have gone. Hey, come on! Come and he on. would dropped it and stopped. That would as it, as opposed to the lack of a chain of evidence. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying. Yeah. But we do actually have some sad news to report on. Uh, well, we well. don't have to report on it because it's been all over the news. It's yeah. all been over the atheist sphere, very much so. Yeah. And that is. Uh, the guy shooting people up in Chapel Hill, North Chapel Hill, Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah. Fun story. I had my knee surgery at Chapel Hill, North Carolina. A lot more fun story than this one. <laughs> yeah. The Chapel Hill shooting suspect, a Craig Hicks, apparently is an anti-theist. Mm -hmm. Not just an atheist, but an anti-theist. And I, I do make that there is a distinction between the two groups. Yeah. I consider myself more atheist than anti-theist because if somebody needs religion to get through the day and to keep themselves from killing and raping, by all means, yeah. read your crazy little book with the talking snakes. But the main idea is that essentially atheism, whatever you want to say about it, has become a big enough group that we are a big tent and we have all sorts of different varieties. Yes. We're sort of like Christianity. I don't think that we have like 700 different <laughs> versions of atheism, but no, we've got no, quite not a quite few. so much. Yeah. 
you know, you have humanists and you have atheists and anti-theists and agnostics and big A atheists, little A agnostics and vice versa and all Everywhere that. in between. and Right. So this guy went out and shot to death three Muslims. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daya Shari Bak- Barakat, his wife Yusur Muhammad Abu Salah, and her sister Razan Muhammad Abu Salah. So, now, I, I haven't been following very closely, but from what I understand of the general story is apparently he had been arguing with them or in conflict with them for a long-standing time, and the the issue that brought this to a head was something about a parking space. Right. People have linked his motives, motives to his atheism, which is apparently very pronounced on his Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's an atheist. Yes, he's a bad guy. Yes, he did something horrible. He should be Mm -hmm. tried in a court of law, and if he is convicted, he should serve lots and lots of years. I personally, if he's convicted in court, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I don't have any problems pushing the plunger, but we all know that's how I am. So, (laughs) As an atheist, I would want him to suffer for as long as possible in jail and just rot away, but and maybe be found in a lotus position 200 (laughs) years from now. Um, But the the thing is, we have to be careful about the the kind of well what makes an atheist defense right there are too many possibilities of people doing the no scotsman no true scotsman of well he isn't real atheist because the problem is that the atheist question is just yes or no right do you believe and that leaves for all sorts of different combinations as we've said which leads to we know we have within atheism an issue of misogyny, and even just that alone right is is a problem that we're trying to self police but we also have a problem. Uh, even in some of our big name atheists, some of us have been accused of being basically bigots towards Muslims mm-hmm. and, and being intolerant in other ways. So it's, it's a worry right. that, that, that we, we do have to police our own and we can't just say he's not a real atheist or, no, or, he, or anything like that. Right. He is a real atheist. That is what he claims. He claims there is no God. He does not believe in any sort of judeo christian or otherwise yeah heavenly spirit place (laughs) whatever so he is an atheist just because you're an atheist doesn't mean that you're not back chick crazy yes and apparently according to this guy's neighbors (laughs) and his soon-to-be ex-wife he was back crap crazy because even his neighbors you know how we always want to see you always hear on the news, oh, he was such a nice guy. He was so quiet, blah, 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 blah. Never it's would always have heard the quiet ones you got to right. look at, too. Yeah. These guys' neighbors were like, no, we've been figuring it out. This guy is crazy. We've called the police. We've done all of these things. We've never been able to, to help him solve his problems. This is one where they literally people are saying, no, we've known for years mm-hmm. that he is nutso. We were just waiting for him to kill somebody. And and that's scary, and and that it does. There's a certain point where you 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 have to say, okay, do we need to do kind of a, for lack of a better term, a soul searching within the atheist movement on how do we how do we deal with this? I wouldn't say soul searching. I that's, would say conscious searching. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's why I said for lack of a better term, but yeah. the idea of well, the the problem being that because we don't have any edicts and fatwas or whatever, we we. We don't have control over what people think, and we can't tell people how to be good. This is actually, for for my point of view, been another step in the direction of 
trying to emphasize that, okay, atheism is the beginning of the story, but we really need to push more of the ideas of humanism and for fear of uh, angering certain listeners or other people in the atheosphere, there's a certain point to be made for the atheism plus idea of going beyond just the question of yes or no and doing more about caring for people who need mental health and also <laughs> having a more point of view of how to say, well, there are right and wrong things and we need to emphasize that somehow in our various different groups. At least the important thing is that all the various different groups that are out there, American atheists, American humanists, freedom from religion, all of them without exception came out and condemned this. You, it's not like you had one small uh, Christian group who was saying, well, yeah, those gays should die and that's okay. But other Christian groups saying the, this is horrible. Right. 100% of, of the, within hours of the atheist group said, no, this is bad. So it shows some of the strength of our movement, but also the weakness of we can do more. Right. Exactly. You also got to look at, there was also recently a shooting in Denmark that killed one person and left uh, three people injured at a free speech debate attended yeah. by a Swedish cartoonist. We've got to look at the difference between sort of our acts of violence versus European. Yeah. They're very, very different. Well, not not like American versus European, but just the the qualities of these two incidents. Yeah. Where someone was trying to... This was a free speech event with Lars Vilks, the guy who was one of the original caricaturists of the Mohammed cartoons. The two reasons for these two different events that were so close in time are so vastly different. The problem is that people are conflating them. Yeah. Where you have one guy, this guy Hicks in Carolina, his anger was focused at a person. Now, it may have been exacerbated by some personal bigotry, which is something as as a community we need to work on but he was not trying to silence islam no whereas he was these, pissed off at people parking near yeah, his parking it was place. individuals that gave him a specific trigger and maybe somewhere in his brain they were dehumanized some because they were believers and maybe he didn't think they were i'm projecting a whole lot of stuff onto his thoughts or anything these are all just hypotheses but he, maybe he saw these people as less than human because they were believers. You know, it's the tribalism of humanity yeah. that we, we do that. Yeah. But at recording time for the show, I don't know who was the person who attacked this Lars Vilks free speech event, but they were trying to silence, not just this guy, Lars Vilks, who they had a personal grudge with and their fought was whatever. But the point of this was to silence free speech. Rich. So this Hicks guy, it was an act of, aggression and anger and but it wasn't terrorism so it's a very fine line here where the idea of terrorism is they're trying to scare someone to stop doing something he was the hicks was just trying to shoot someone because he didn't like them right because police have admitted that they have not covered any evidence that hicks acted out of religious animus um but they are it, investigating it, yeah. that possibility i mean it is a possibility if they find one shred of evidence, I fully support mm -hmm. adding on a hate crime. Yeah, we to we know his... people are fucking stupid, and and he could have done that, and he could have tried to. In his brain, it could have been in the name of atheism, right? But he was more 
everybody has said that he is, he was much more about personal freedom and, um, he did support many things that we support, uh, legal abortion, gay marriage, um, but perhaps the most thing, that, the biggest thing that he actually supported was, huh, the second amendment. Yeah. <sighs> Which, well. okay. I support the second amendment within the scope of what the second amendment said. Mm-hmm. I like that little bit at the end that says, in order to keep a well-armed militia. Yeah. This doesn't mean you need <laughs> AK-47s in your house. Yeah. And also, that's back when everybody just had muskets. But that's a bigger that's discussion a entirely. discussion. Yes. You know? So, this man, Craig Hicks, in, in North Carolina. I mean, he had a daughter that was basically given up on him. She mm-hmm. had walked away and said, I don't want anything to do with you. He was going through a divorce. He was trying to get back in school. There's like 10,000 things that apparently, you know, huge stressors. And now he's dealing with somebody who we don't know the situation may or may not. He may have decided that that parking space was his when it was a public space. We don't know. On on the same token, we we don't know this purple balaclava guy out in, in Denmark who they haven't identified yet as of this recording. We don't know how mentally ill that person may have been. That person may have had three bad days in a row and was also motivated by Islam against this. Maybe, maybe Lars Vilk stole his parking space. Maybe. And this was all that was about. I kind of doubt it. it's, It's the difference of because this event was targeted and not Vilk's himself by himself shows more of the... I am trying the the guy in the balaclava is trying to silence a movement, silence free speech, silence dissent, and anything that might quote quote insult Islam or Muhammad. Right. So. Well, this is what I'm going to say. Not every murder is a hate crime. Yes. But when you have somebody trying to kill someone who is a very outspoken critic mm-hmm. of something, such as Lars Vilks, who goes out there and puts these images out knowing full well that he is going to get bounties placed on his head, that people are going to call fatwas on him. Yeah. At that point, if somebody of a particular religion chooses to do something violent, I am more inclined to believe that that is a hate crime as opposed to somebody who just killed somebody. Yeah. Now the, the, the survivors of the shooting in Carolina, there have been a few of them on the news, and uh, uh, some of them are women, and some of them are wearing headscarves, but the, they're the open face headscarves. So and, the hijabs. Yes, just the headscarf and open face. So it's not a full-on burqa. It's not a full-body dress. Right. It's kind of moderate, modest dressing. Yeah. It, it So it's not a face veil. It's not the full-body like tent thing going on. So... It isn't even someone who is the extreme of religious adherence that might be some reminder of what this guy Hicks being an anti-theist might have hated or something like that. It is someone who is a moderate. So I've never seen anything in the news about the survivors and their family and these people to say that they were in any way like rabble rousers in Carolina saying that, you know, it should be a new caliphate or anything like that. These were just people. Right. As opposed to Lars Vilks, who was 
a satirist and without being an asshole about it, a antagonist of the blasphemy police and all that kind of stuff. So the, the, the victims in these cases are very different in, I don't see a lot of provoked religious reason in the case of the Carolina shootings, as opposed to there's more religious motivation towards the Lars Vilks thing in Denmark. Right. So it, it should be interesting to see. I, I, I've mentioned from time to time, and I think last episode when we we're talking about something similar, I was talking to my pediatrician friend who grew up Muslim. Right. He's a closet, closeted atheist. Um, Come over to the dark side. We have yeah. cookies. I can't <laughs> eat them, so have mine. Gluten-free <laughs> cookies. <laughs> hey, I'm getting a sense of humor about it. Yes, that's the important thing. But he was talking about this with some of his more, let's say, serious adherents of Islam in his family and friend circle, which because he's closeted, he can't really talk much about. But they were just going off their rockers about the issue in North Carolina, essentially saying that the Zionists or whatever were preventing this from being on the news and no one was talking about this shooting. Uh, you know, it was a, a white atheist male who shot these Muslims and no one's talking about it, whatever. And despite being a closeted guy and, and, and whatever, he is liberal enough that he can say, wait a minute, I just, I, here's a screenshot from CNN it is being talked about. It is still being talked about because it is an important issue and a problem, not just yeah. for the atheist sphere in our community, but you know, the, the, the wider con conversation about most murderers, mass murderers, whatever you want to talk about in America are white guys with a grudge. So, well, you know, the, there's the whole racial content yeah. as well to that. So the, the, the interesting thing on that is that the, the, the side in the Muslim community there's some people so blindedly angry about this that they think no one's paying attention to that and they may backlash or whatever, but um, that they think that we're ignoring this is just wrong. So that's, a, that's just like a, 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 the other, what the other side is thinking of, wow, why would you think that we're not paying attention to this? Yeah. I, 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 I don't know, but you know, I'm, I am glad that, that our community is, is, calling out his actions and saying this was wrong and, yeah. and everything else. Um, I have yet to hear anybody from our community say, defend him. Mm -hmm. I'm really glad to see that because that would have resulted in a big fuck you. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> it is troublesome to walk that fine line between saying we don't condone his actions in any way or shape or form, but this doesn't represent us. Yeah. And, and it, it, and and having the long discussion that we've just had about the fine line between, well, what was his motivation? What was his target? What is the nature of the victim? Is this terrorism or not? It's hard to condense that into 140 characters. Exactly. And, and that's the world we live in where people simplify things way too much, like the people of my uh, friends of my friend who are saying, oh, the Zionists are ignoring this whole thing. Well, if you have a further conversation about this. It's a lot more complicated than that. Right. And, and I think a lot of the organizations have been pretty good about walking that complicated line. I mean, I've had several people comment to me about, well, that just proves that atheists are, you know, immoral moral and, yeah. and all of that jazz. And I'm all like, did you notice that I was the first one to fucking call out my own people? Yeah. Because I frequently get told, oh, you only call out the Christians. You only call out the Muslims. Ooh, look at you. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And I'm all like, 
And I had people go, well, why are you even posting about this? It's a guy who killed his neighbors over a parking space. And I said, I'm calling it out because people accuse me of not calling out my own mm -hmm. people. Guess what? I do. Yeah. There, there is something to be said for the ratio of um, atheist killing people for whatever reason versus the ratio of believers of various sects killing people for various reasons plus for religious only right. reasons. There is an imbalance there, kind of like the the off-toted number that we have in the atheist community of, of the the minuscule percentage of people in prison who claim to be atheists compared to religious believers. And if religion means you're a good person, how would that work? Yeah, exactly. So, so. It, it, the numbers there are, are we, we claim, we claim him as an, our own and say, this is a problem. We need to work on it, but this is not a, it is not emblematic of a larger pandemic of, of atheism going crazy and shooting up people, whatever. Right. But we also have to accept that once in a while, somebody within our own community mm -hmm. is going to do something bad. Yeah. And like I said, I am glad that to see our community sort of, you know, banding together and saying, this is wrong. Yeah. And I, I believe Foundation Beyond Belief actually raised some money for the families of the three victims. I think the family of the victims or some of the victims themselves had their own charitable work for, I think, victims in Syria or something like that. And the Foundation Beyond Belief started raising money for that cause. I don't know if it's directly for the families, but it's for the cause of the families. Hold on. I'm pulling it up right now. So Foundation Beyond Belief actually raised money to support uh, Dea's vision. All funds are being directed to the Syrian American Medical Society Foundation to honor the lives of the three people. Please give generously. And my understanding is, is they have actually raised quite a bit of money. Mm -hmm. Great cause. I am very proud of my community. I donated some money. Yeah. So... It's, uh, it's, it's one of those things that has shown that we have reacted. We have accepted that this is a, a, a mole on the skin of atheism yep. to deal with, but we have not gotten defensive about it. We have said we need to act on this either to support charities or have more discussions or face these issues and talk about them. I know plenty of atheist numeraries have been on the news. Like I think Jamila Bay was on CNN or something like that. She was on NBC. And was one, one of, of the major, one ones. of those three letter newsy things, things. Um, to talk about it. And, and I, I didn't watch her segment, but you know, we're, we're owning up that this is an issue we need to talk about. And as we have ex shown for the last 15, 20 minutes, yeah, we will talk about that and yeah. we will own up to it. Oh, and the donations so far have raised over $17,000. Good. Which is awesome. Yeah. Thank you, fellow atheists. It doesn't erase the problem, but it shows that we can be better and we can learn. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. But one thing we as a podcast have not entirely learned is how to do a short show. Hmm. As, as you guys, our listeners, dear listeners, have figured out the last few weeks... We're quite loquacious. Yes. Uh, since we have introduced my new Woo Woo Tube segment, our shows have traditionally gone just fucking long. 
So Which I, is why we split them up. Yeah, I think at this point we were going to end episode 185A. And later in the week or over the weekend or something like that, uh, we will be releasing 185B, which is just the Woo Woo Tube segment where we will be talking a little bit about Noah's Flood. Ooh. So, um, and not the flood of crap that came from the Noah movie. I'm assuming we're talking no, about no. the actual flood. No, this the is the supposed flood, the alleged flood. Yes. Oh, that reminds me. Uh, the, the issue in Denmark with the Lars Vilks shooting, uh-huh. I heard a report on NPR uh, and they were going on about what was going on. And they said, you know, they haven't identified the alleged shooter yet. And that phrase bothered me because if if you were to say that John Smith was the alleged shooter, that makes sense because innocent till proven guilty for an individual or whatever. But someone shot there. It's not alleged that there was a shooter. Right. Who the shooter is might be alleged, but there is a shooter, period. Not alleged shooter. Sorry, I just had to get that out. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I guess coming from a, a sort of legal forensic background, it doesn't bother me. It's covering their asses when I don't think they really need to because there was a shooting. Right. But I understand the point of view. It just, it's like, it's, it's not quite like level of forgetting the Oxford comma bothering. It's, it's more of just <laughs> kind of like, really, did you have to add that one other word in there? Well, but, I, I, I understand it because of the whole innocent until proven guilty and all of that jazz. I, I do understand that. And if somebody had been identified incorrectly yeah. as oh, the yeah. shooter, you know. No names I, were mentioned, so it just, yeah, it irked. Yeah. That's all. But hopefully we have not irked you, dear listener, this week. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. And tune in soon for part B of this episode. episode. See you in a little bit. Bye. The Skeptic Wire podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the Podposted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. 